Yo, what up, music fam? This is Walt, and you are listening to the Success with Music podcast. Again, this is Walt, and uh, yeah, we're going to get started on our show in just a quick second. We're going to have a regular episode talking about some things that will help you get better as a musician. But at the time that this podcast is being released, there are a lot of crazy things happening in the world that we live in. Um, And of course, I'm speaking about the coronavirus and what it's been doing to the globe, to travel, uh, to commerce. And uh, we actually broadcast from uh, the United States, if you didn't know. And specifically, uh, I'm based in the state of Ohio. And it just it just so happens that we our government officials have come down with some very uh, aggressive measures to. um curb the spread of uh, infections. And so restaurants are now closed. Bars are closed. Grocery stores have reduced hours here where we are. Schools are closed. Uh, It's a it's a major thing. So I I once heard a a story or a kind of analogy, if you will, of a boat being out in the ocean. I don't know how many gallons of water there, (laughs) there are out in the ocean, but There's a lot. Millions, trillions. I have zero idea. But the point being is that if you're on a boat, if you're in a vessel out on the sea and the the waves are just kind of coming at you and and things are kind of choppy, it's incredibly unnerving. The number one thing that has to happen in that really dangerous environment, the number one thing is the boat cannot take on water. That's the number one thing. If that boat can manage to uh, just keep water out of the hull, then it, it's okay. It's in good shape. So my personal belief with all of the craziness that's happening in the world and all of the unprecedented measures that are being taken globally, as an individual, you're you're out there and you're just an, a small boat maybe in this huge sea and you may not feel like you have a lot of power. Um, my belief is that peace in one's heart specifically comes by way of having something inside of your heart to keep the water out. I believe that that thing or that person is Jesus Christ. So with all the craziness in the world and all the turmoil, my encouragement to you is to think about the state of your heart. If fear has flooded into there, maybe you need something to displace uh, that fear. And um, yeah, I think when crazy things like this happen in the world, it usually causes me anyways to really contemplate what is really important. Systems of this world have been ground to a halt, well, at least where I am. Um, so, yeah, I love music, man. I love uh, having fun and, and doing all the, the great things of like making songs and being creative. But there are some greater things, um, you know, uh, afoot in the world. And again, I believe that for you as an individual to have that peace really contemplating where you stand with respect to uh, God specifically, it's it's a valid question. All right. So today is not meant to be a sermon or preachy, but, uh, you know, if I'm if I'm going to help you in the best way, uh, this is it. But having said that, man, uh, we are going to try to take your mind off of this craziness and have a little fun today. All right. So let's go ahead and get to this episode. Coming up on today's swim episode, resist the urge to mindlessly use base related plugins so there are all kinds of plugins paid freemium plugins where they talk about 
giving you like out of this world bass. They have these presets and you're out there like this is Swim Success with Music. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Walt. You are listening to the podcast Success with Music. Again, that Success with Music, we call it SWIM for short, S-W-M. Hey, I appreciate you listening to the podcast today. Again, my name is Walt. I am your host, your music coach, and this is a podcast for singers, songwriters, beat makers, music students. We are always about the music life. And again, I appreciate you guys listening to the show, especially if you happen to be new to the show. We've been promoting the show to get it out to more people. We believe that we offer really good and insightful things that you can use like right away to help you get better at the craft of creating music. So if you could go ahead and subscribe to the podcast right now, we do drop content on a semi-regular basis. And when we do, we want you to be informed about uh, the, the knowledge that will help you get better as a songwriter and producer and a creator. So yeah, we're on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. And of course, we encourage you to visit our homepage, which is successwithmusic.com, successwithmusic.com. Currently, we have a survey up, so we would love for you to go there and just click one button to weigh in on what's most important to you as a musician. So again, that's successwithmusic.com. All right, so today I want to talk about something that will help you in your production, especially if you're using a digital audio workstation. Uh, I guess some of these tips will be helpful if you're using a traditional setup with an with outboard gear, like physical gear. Uh, but the topic here is dealing with the low end, dealing with bass. So it's no secret that most modern genres of music seem to really push on the low end to create a robust, full thump when you're listening, right? So you've heard those tracks, especially like dance tracks. You really want to hear that low end. Some people say you want to feel it, not just hear it. And so many people who are recording in a home setup or in a small studio were chasing that that mythical low end, that rich low end sound. And and sometimes it's hard to to achieve. So today I want to offer a few tips that will help you get a fuller, stronger, thick low end. All right, so let's get to these tips. All right, so I have 10 tips that will help you get a much a much fuller, thicker, richer bass experience in your song. Again, this is not just one genre of music, man. It's it's all. If you're doing cinematic music, if you have those kettle drums, you want those things to bang. If you're doing, you know, R&B or country, you want the kick drum to really hit you in the chest, right? So we're going to go through these tips. So when you are trying to create that thick, rich punch for the bottom end of your track, I highly recommend you synchronize your bass instrument, your bass guitar, your bass synth with your kick drum. What I mean by that is when your kick drum sounds, 
some of your notes in the bass should overlap in terms of timing. So in other words, there should be a rhythmic overlap between your kick drum and your bass instrument. Again, a synth or an actual guitar. When these two are operating together, it allows for a more perceived punch. Having these things separate, I mean, they can still do the job in terms of providing a low end, but is not as powerful. So let me give you two audio examples. The first one will be a situation where the bass is not in sync with the kick drum. Take a listen. Now, in an instance where they're aligned or there's overlap in certain patterns within the rhythm, you get a totally different experience. Check this out. So again, that's just an example of how you can make those two align. So this doesn't mean that your kick drum and your bass instrument, they have to be lockstep in every situation, but having some purposeful overlap between the two rhythmically will give you a lot more punch. All right, let's go on to the next tip. I highly recommend that you cut your EQ at 20 hertz, way down there at the low end. Get your graphic EQ up and create a node or a point at the 20 hertz area of your EQ, and that should be to the far left. Right there, you should cut everything that comes after the 20 hertz. So meaning 20 hertz, 19, 17, all the way to that side, cut that severely. And if you can in your EQ, turn the cue up just a bit more to make that reduction more drastic. Why am I saying this? That low end part of the frequency does your mix absolutely no good. That 20 and below hertz area is beyond or outside of our threshold of hearing. So keeping it in the mix actually takes up sound energy inaudible sound energy, but energy nonetheless. And what it does, in my opinion, is it robs your overall track of loudness because those frequencies that are happening at the 20 hertz level and below, they are affecting your overall volume level, meaning ideally we would like to get up to about zero dB on our overall mix. But if a part of that whole collection of sound is being given to this phantom sound, this 20 and below hertz energy, I believe it robs your song of thump. If your kicks and your low ends and your bass, if they're banging really hard, they're being robbed by having that energy present beyond the 20 hertz threshold. And if you want any insight on making your overall mix a lot louder, we've covered that back in episodes 47, 
48 and 49, how to make your music louder. But again, we're talking about the bass here. So uh, again, you can check that out at a different time. Episodes 47, 48, and 49. Oh, and one more thing. I will put a graphic up on this episode's page, and that way you can see a picture of what it looks like to cut that EQ right at that 20 hertz mark. And this is episode 59, by the way. So if you go to our website, successwithmusic.com, click on the podcast area in the, the menu, you can navigate to episode 59. All right, let's keep going. So whenever we're trying to get that thick bass, sorry, I'm putting the two C's on the thick, um, we have a tendency to grab the the bass knob and turn it up. We have a tendency to go to the EQ and find everything on the, the left side of the EQ and just crank it. I'm going to encourage you to stay away from just boosting things and boosting gain. On the other side of it, I would rather you actually reduce volume on other instrumentation. So at on our first tip, we talked about having the bass and the kick sound together. So let's say you have track number one, kick drum. Track number two, some type of bass instrument. Track number three and beyond, you have synths and uh, percussion and pianos and things like that. Why not reduce the volume of those other instruments collectively so by default, the kick and the bass come out much clearer and louder and with more power as opposed to going straight for the kick drum and the, the bass instrument and cranking up the EQ on the low end or some type of bass-related um, knob for those things. Reduce the volume of the other instruments, and relatively speaking, your low end will bang a lot harder. So let's talk about the EQ, though. So I know that some of you may still need to boost your bass in certain instances. You, you may say, hey, you know what, Walt? Um, I'm all for increasing the volume, but it still doesn't have that thick, robust um, thump to it. So you may want to play around with the EQ on your low end here or there. That's totally fine. Here's the thing, though. Do it in small increments. Again, I repeat, if you're doing any boosting with an EQ, do it in small increments. I'm talking about one decibel, two decibels, three decibels. And three is actually a lot. So if you're down there on the low end and let's say you're playing with, um, I don't know, somewhere near the 50 hertz frequency, you don't need to yank that 50 hertz frequency node or a little dot up like eight decibels. That's a lot. And a lot of times we get in trouble because when we're using our plugins, we are looking at it visually. We're like, oh, well, I moved it up kind of halfway the screen. I guess maybe the base is where it needs to be. Don't rely on the visual layout of your graphical EQ. Rely on the number. So in other words, again, if your EQ gives you decibel increases or decreases, try to discipline yourself and just do things maybe by one or two decibel increments. All right, and let me move on to the next tip here because it's related to some of the things that we've just talked about. I highly recommend using a spectrum analyzer. And you can get this in plug-in form. And it basically analyzes the frequencies that are playing in your song. Everything from the high end all the way over to the left side of your 
EQ, which will be the low end of which we've been talking about. So with that in mind, there is a chance that your kick drum and um, your your bass instrument, they may be occupying the same area of the spectrum or on the EQ. And a spectrum analyzer will help you see where those areas are. Ideally, you do not want the kick drum or your, your 808 to occupy the same frequency band as your bass instrument. So for instance, if you were to turn your spectrum analyzer on your bass instrument, and you're seeing that it's really peaking near the 60 hertz area consistently, and then you turn on your kick drum and you see that the kick drum is peaking consistently near the 60 hertz area, that means those two instruments are overlapping and occupying, for the most part, that same frequency. It's going to cause your your low end to sound very one dimensional and quite frankly, it can cause it to sound muddy because in essence, those two will be kind of stepping on one another. So what you want to do, as an example, you can cut all of the frequencies that are above 60 hertz for your kick drum and then you can cut everything that's below 60 hertz for your bass instrument. And that that 60 hertz threshold will kind of be like that crossover point where the kick drum ends and the bass instrument takes over. But those two instruments kind of playing side by side will allow for a more robust, fuller presence on the left side of the spectrum. Maybe it's, you know, in between... 20 hertz all the way up to, I don't know, like 80 or 90 hertz. That whole area could be occupied by these two instruments playing together versus being redundant or stepping on top of the same frequencies. This particular tip will be better understood by looking at the graphic on this episode's show notes page. So please look at episode 59. And again, to find that, go to our website, successwithmusic.com, successwithmusic.com. Go to episode 59 by clicking on the podcast link in the menu. Scroll to episode 59, go below the music player, and you will see a picture of a spectrum analyzer or an EQ, a graphic EQ that has made space for both a bass instrument and a kick drum. Next tip here, I highly recommend using a reference track, right? So whenever you're trying to get that low end, again, you can sit by yourself and just keep cranking up the low end, keep cranking up the low end. But is it really banging or is it not? Is it is it really hitting hard or is it not? So I always recommend loading up a reference track, a reference track being a, a commercially released song, preferably in your genre. Take a listen to it, drag that song into your digital audio workstation, I'll do the old A-B comparison. On one track, have your completed song, play it, listen to the bass. On track two, for instance, let's have that song of that uh, nationally known artist or that commercially released song and listen to that. Listen to the low-end frequencies and see if there are any notable differences in the overall depth of the bass in that song, meaning how far is it going to the left on the EQ 
And also, how loud are those low-end frequencies? There have been many times where I've done this and I realized that my track, I've completely lost my mind and gone wild with how much low-end I have in my track as compared to a nationally released or commercially released track. So having a reference track to understand how others are allowing their bass to sit or their low end to sit within their track is incredibly helpful. Next tip, for all of your low end instruments, your kick drums, your your bass synths or your bass guitars and things like that, if you have like kettle drums or whatever, 808s, make sure that they are dead center if you are looking to make that low end bang. So for instance, if you have an 808 that's coming in panned, like let's say 25% to the left or uh, 30% to the left or God forbid, like 100% to the left, maybe that might work in some genre. I, I don't know what it is, but to me, your bass will never feel like it's just hitting really hard if it's not done dead center or preferably in mono. So make sure that that kick drum, make sure that that bass instrument is dead center. Put it in mono. That way, the the energy from those two speakers, if you're doing a stereo scenario, we're not talking about surround sound here, but the energy from those two speakers, they're hitting your ears equally or the listener's ears equally, and it has more perceived energy and power. Next thing here, please resist the urge to mindlessly use bass-related plugins. So there are all kinds of plugins, paid freemium plugins, where they talk about giving you like out-of-this-world bass. And they have these presets, and you're out there like, oh, yeah, club bass, activate. And you do that, and you just expect that magically that plugin will somehow or another just make your tracks bang like nationally known artists. It doesn't always happen that way. A lot of times these plugins are merely bass boosters. They're doing the same thing as a, what an EQ would do, except for there's a preset. It may just boost it at certain frequencies. So please be careful with mindless, mindlessly using plugins. Understand how they work. I do know that there are a few plugins out there that promise to, you know, make your track, you know, sound really full on different types of speakers and things like that. We'll talk about in the very next tip here, but just be very careful about thinking that a plugin is some magic bullet, some magic pill that if you just take it, if you just buy it, it will somehow or another miraculously do the, the work of an engineer and make your song like the hottest thing ever. I'm not against you using plugins, but my my belief is that if you follow some of the tips that I mentioned prior, you may be able to achieve a similar, if not better sound by tweaking things with deliberate thought and some good common sense as we outlined earlier. On my next tip here, I highly recommend running low-end instruments on a separate bus. So this is kind of similar to where we started at the very beginning with the tips. I mentioned in, um, I don't know, uh, tip number three, I believe, where you should reduce the volume of the instruments that are not, you know, like a kick or uh, a bass instrument. Well, an easy way to get that done is simply to put your your kick 
everything that bangs on the low end, put it on one sub. And that way you can kind of drag that sub up or down to let it sit in the mix overall in a good way. So instead of kind of fiddling around with the bass and the the kick drum and whatever else that may be on the low end, put all of that stuff on one bus and have all your other instrumentation on separate buses or a separate bus and play with the relationship between the low frequencies collectively, you dial them in. And again, once you get them close, you're not making these wild swings in adjustments. You're just doing like a decibel or a couple of decibels of changes. All right, so last tip here. Um, know that your bass experience when listening in different or on different things will, will vary widely, right? So if you are playing, you know, your track on your smartphone speaker, well, obviously your, your low end is not going to have the same fullness as sitting in a studio with a 12 inch woofer, right? Um, if you're listening to, you know, on like some cheaper headphones, you're not going to get that experience. Um, if you have a, you know, Bluetooth speaker or wireless speaker, those things are limited just because of the size of, um, the actual, um, you know, speaker set up there. And so they may not be able to give you that full power that you're looking for. You obviously know that the reason why I'm bringing this up is I've heard about people when they're doing their mix, trying to make their songs bang really hard on everything in every place, in cars, on headphones. I get it. But always remember, if you're chasing that mythical thick bass, make sure you're doing that with a reference track because sometimes you will take your song and put it on your phone and then you're listening on your speaker and then you're in the car and you're over here, you're over here and you're thinking, ah, this is weak. This is not coming through hard. I want this to go harder. Well, make sure that you're using those reference tracks in those different places as well. Are those commercially released songs having the same impact as your song? you may find out that if you've done all the things that we've talked about, you are keeping up with that commercially released sound. So again, never test your song on these different systems without a reference track. If you do, you may wind up doing what I mentioned earlier, which is overcorrecting, cranking the dBs up, you know, on your EQ, like by a huge amount. And yeah, ain't nobody got time for that. Hey, I appreciate you listening to the podcast today. Again, my name is Walt. I hope you had a good time learning. Make sure you check out our website, successwithmusic.com. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast when we drop content. You'll be the first to know about it. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. If you got a second, we thrive on positive reviews. It helps us to keep this going. We're not charging, right? So uh, that's the least you can do as a listener. So help us out, and we'll see you on the next episode. Ten dollars a gas won't fill the tank, no. This just gets old. I know there's gotta be a better way for me in this life that is my dream.